If you feel like you're not living your most authentic life, not leaning into your purpose, and not living the life that your future self would be extremely proud of, I've written a new book called The Greatness Mindset, and I think you're gonna love this. Through powerful stories, science-backed strategies, and step-by-step guidance, The Greatness Mindset will help you overcome all the different challenges in your life to design the life of your dreams and then turn it into your reality. Make sure to click the link in the description to get your copy today. We all develop this personality. No, the personality, we think that's us, but it's not us. Right. The personality is the traits that we took on to survive our childhoods. Mm -hmm. But we identify with it. Yes. So we think we're the personality. I wouldn't say kill that part of you. I'd say let's make friends with it. Let's find out what it's really trying to do for you. What it's trying to do for you is trying to make you feel better. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome to this special masterclass. We've brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today. It's going to be powerful, so let's go ahead and dive in. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks weeks, head to netsuite.com slash greatness, netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. What are the main, I guess, mental health, are they diseases or are they not considered a disease? Like a depression, ADD, ADHD, what are the main mental health symptoms out in the world right now, would you say? 
Yeah, so depression and anxiety are fast growing and, and they're major challenges. More and more kids are being diagnosed with ADHD. More and more kids are being diagnosed with something called oppositional defiant disorder, which... What is that? Oppositional... That's when a kid uh, is um, defiant and oppositional <laughs> and, 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 and goes against adult values and adult uh, expectations. Oh, yeah. But we think there's something wrong with the kid instead of looking at the context of what makes the kid... Like the environment. You know? the, yeah. Now, are these diseases... Well, you can talk about them as diseases to some degree, and certainly, you know, I've had depression and I've taken medication for it in my 40s, and it really made a difference for me. You might call it a disease, but actually, that's a shallow way of looking at it. Because actually, what does it go back to? It goes back to being a, a one year old infant um, or being a a three-month-old infant. Uh, in the book, The Myth of Normal, the first chapter has a painting in it. The painting is by my wife, based on a photograph of me and my mother. This is Budapest, Hungary, 1944, and I'm three months of age. And my mother in the photograph is wearing a yellow star that Jews had to wear. My father was away in forced labor, and within two months, her parents would be killed in Auschwitz. Mm. That was my first year of life. Oh my gosh. And the look on my face is full, of, is full of terror. I was absorbing my mother's fear and my mother's anxiety. Because she had terror in her face uh, and you're mimicking and, and... She had it in her body. body. You're, yeah. you're connected to her, yeah, I'm totally feeding right. 10 times a day. Exactly. And you're feeling the stress. Exactly. There's probably so, now no calm in her. There's no calm there. And, but she's already so stressed and she's just trying to make sure that we survive. She's not there to really receive my feelings. And then when I'm a year old, or right. 11 months old, she hands me to a complete stranger in the street to save my life, because she didn't think where we were staying, I would survive for a day, and probably I wouldn't have. Wow. So I didn't see her for six weeks, five or oh, six man. weeks. And, and you're one? I was one then, yeah. Oh my gosh. And now, what could I do as a one-year-old? I could do two things, or as, a, or as an infant going through all that. First of all, how do I deal with all that stress? I tune out. I tune out, I become absent-minded as an adopt as an adaptive mechanism. It's a coping mechanism. Exactly. 55 years later, I'm diagnosed with ADHD, which is characterized by tuning out. Is it a disease? The heck it's a disease. It started as a coping mechanism. I'm also diagnosed with depression. Why? Because in that environment, I had to push my feelings down in order to right. not to burden my mother, who was already burdened mm -hmm. enough. Create more peace and more, yeah. yeah. So I took that on, so I pushed down my feelings. I depressed my feelings. Then I have this depression. So are they diseases? Well, you can talk about them that way, but I say they began as coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you another story. I'm 78 now, so six, seven years ago. I'm in San Francisco with a therapist, and I've taken mushrooms. Uh -huh. She works with mushrooms. And I've, I've worked with psychedelics, and it's one of the things I write about. Um, and that, but this time I'm the patient, I'm the client. And I'm lying there on the mat, under the influence of the psilocybin. And I know exactly who I am. I'm 71 years old, 
I'm a medical doctor, I'm a writer, I'm a speaker, I'm married to such as, you know, my wife Ray, this is a therapist, so I'm not like hallucinating, I know exactly where I am, but at the same time, I'm experiencing myself as a one-year-old infant. Oh my goodness. And this therapist is my mom, is my mom. And I start crying and I say, I'm so sorry I've made your life so difficult. Wow. Now that's my one-year-old self. All of a sudden, under the influence, speaking up. I took it on that early that I'm responsible. Now you talked about... You, oh my gosh. In our conversation before, you told me about how you were in this relationship and you couldn't leave it even long after you realized it wasn't right for you because you took on the responsibility of how the other person would feel mm -hmm. if you would, quote, let them down. I'm telling you, that's your one-year-old speaking, mm. that you took responsibility for the suffering of your parents. Wow. And, and, and how you, you mustn't let anybody down because it's your responsibility. We take this stuff on so early without, without words, actually. They just become ingrained and then we, then we live our lives out of it until something happens as you did for you. Your body yeah. rebelled. You have a breakdown or something break happens, down. right? Yeah. And you're yeah. like, you yeah. either keep breaking down or it wakes you up and say, yeah. okay, why is this happening? Exactly. What, is, what is off? What is out of alignment? What is, you know, where am I out of integrity? Whatever it might be. Exactly. And um, I feel the, the challenge is... I was like, I want to end this suffering. You yeah. know, I've repeated this pattern many yeah. times. I'm sick and tired of the suffering. Yeah. I'll do whatever. Yeah. You know, I think when you, for me, I was like, I've felt enough of this. I don't want it anymore. But it took so much courage to face these things for me. And I know other people have deeper traumas or different traumas. And it's it just seems so challenging I, for I people. I wouldn't go there. I would not compare your trauma okay. to anybody else's. Well, we all have our unique traumas, right? Yeah, Different yeah, experiences yeah. that we face. Right. Why is it so challenging for people to face it and start addressing it? I was telling you, you know, I've, I've been doing pretty intensive therapy for about a year and a half now, every two yeah. weeks. Yeah. Not because I feel like something's wrong with me anymore. Yeah. I'm stressed more because yeah. I want to maintain a level of peace. Yeah. And I want to continue to maintain peace. Good for you. So once I realized and started healing, I didn't say I'm good. Yeah. I was like... I want to go to the next level of exactly. peace, yeah. love, you know, an environment of beauty inside of my emotions. Yeah. But why is it so hard for so many people to face it and actually speak the shame, guilt, insecurity, you know, imperfection about them? Well, I think in your own work, you've touched upon very accurately on, on, on why it's so difficult. For one thing, if you, if you just just the words that you just used, peace and love and connection. If you had played that to your 20-year-old self, how would he have responded? Uh, he'd been like, suck it up, or he'd been like, what are you talking about? You're yeah, fine, yeah, like, yeah, yeah don't yeah. be a little wuss, or, you know, yeah, exactly. just work harder, you yeah. know. Yeah, but where would that have come from? I mean, just my entire conditioning growing up from sports and, yeah. You know, okay, so that so there's the, that. So the, the house, you know. So that's one of the factors is the conditioning yeah. in this culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I also say it would have come from intense fear. Oh. Because if you'd actually it's very fearful to look at all that pain inside oneself. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. So there's intense fear. The, 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 so there's the conditioning as you say, then there's the the, the fear. It really is fear painful. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, nobody wants to have pain, you know. Um, but that's called growing pains. And uh, the third factor is 
We all develop this personality. Now the personality, we think that's us, but it's not us. Right. The personality is the traits that we took on to survive our childhoods, mm -hmm. along with some genuine traits. So the personality is kind of a, an amalgam of, of childhood coping mechanisms and genuine qualities. Yeah, some good stuff, but yeah. then some also coping. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I remember I used to be like, I was a fun-loving guy. I was yeah. like a kind, generous, but yeah. then when there was a trigger, like I was angry and yeah. you know yeah. defensive and guarded and things or, like that. Or you talk about the various masks, the sexual uh -huh. mask or the um, or the uh, material mask, the material, and, you know, yeah, uh, aggressive, mask. aggressive mask. Yeah. You know, I, I, when I started reading a chapter on the sexual mask, you wrote about some guy whose name I forget, but who's sort of the champion picking up women. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been in his shoes for one split second. Right. <laughs> Poor bastard, I was yeah, thinking, yeah. you know, that this is what he has to do. But what's that? It's having to prove to himself that he's lovable. Mm -hmm. Where does that come from? You know, so, but we identify with it. Yes. So we think we're the personality. I'm this sexually attractive guy, or I'm this aggressive guy. I'm this material guy who's going to make it in the world, you know. And so we think that we are a personality. So it comes from, I say, three sources. One is uh, the, the conditioning. The other is the fear. And for the pain, and thirdly, the identification with the personality. We think that's who we are, and we don't know who would be without it. All of which is all based on trauma. Yeah, it's the identity, you know, building this identity that, you know, and I talk about how the identity supported you to accomplishing certain things right. or protecting you from certain things right. by having this identity. Yeah. But it's also not serving us to hold on to that identity if we want the next level of peace and freedom. Yeah, exactly. So it's, but it's so hard to kill an identity. It's like well, you've I, had this thing for decades, maybe, and you've got to let go of this thing. It's yeah, really but you see, I, w I wouldn't even talk about killing. I mean, I, <laughs> in, in my healing chapters of this book, I talk about let's make friends with it. Mm. Like, for example, um, I have to. By, by the way, I have to be honest. I said that I wouldn't be in this guy's shoes for a minute. That's not true. Part of me was envying him. Mm, right. You, you know, even here I'm 78 and married 53 years, but I read about this guy who slept with all these women. Why couldn't I be that guy? You know, uh, no, I don't want to go there and I wouldn't. I've long ago chosen not to. But, but there's still something that mm -hmm. who, who doesn't want to be wanted that much. Right. You know, something with the ego or the yeah. desire. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, we, but if we didn't kill those parts, but made friends with them. If, if somebody came to me with that kind of pattern of, mm. of I'm that sexual guy, but they don't want to, but they realize that it's not, they might feel high for a moment, like any addict will. It's not fulfilling. It's not fulfilling. I wouldn't say kill that part of you. I'd say, let's make friends with it. Let's find out what it's really trying to do for you. What it's trying to do for you is trying to make you feel wanted making you feel valuable, making you feel desirable, making you feel loved temporarily, mm -hmm. making you feel powerful. What happened to you that you don't feel lovable, that you don't feel desirable, that you don't feel powerful? You know, in other words, it's not a matter of getting rid of these parts or these aspects of ourselves. It's a question of actually getting to know them. And they all began as coping mechanisms. That man that you describe in your book, I guarantee is a highly traumatized human being. Mm -hmm. 
So when we start to ask ourselves this question that you're asking is yeah. what happened to you or when, yeah. you know, yeah. when did you feel not powerful or yeah. not lovable or not yeah. wanted? Yeah. And let's say we're able to, someone watching or listening is able to assess themselves yeah. and actually be present, really reflect on the, the painful moments of the past, which a lot of people aren't even willing to talk about it to themselves, right? That's right. For 25 years, I had a memory of being sexually abused and thought about it almost every day, like for, mm. for a moment, you know, it would come, you know, at least mm. weekly, maybe mm. not every day, but it was like mm. a memory. Yeah, that's there, you know, but I never told anyone for 25 years because it was so shameful and yeah. I didn't want to be, you know, made fun of or all these things. And um, <clears throat> so if someone's able to self-assess and say, okay, I had this pain, this trauma, I felt not powerful or whatever it might be. What's the next step for them once they start to journal about it and, and be aware of it? And well, they're like, I really want to heal. Yeah. You know, what would be that next step in the process? Well, I mean, it's not that I can prescribe what, sure. what it should be for everybody and there's many different ways of working. But one of the things I would address, first of all, is the shame. Like, one of the impacts of trauma is shame. Because children are narcissist by nature. When I say narcissist, I don't mean in a pathological negative sense. I mean, they think it's all about them. This is, the world just revolves around me. Exactly. So yeah. if bad things are happening to me, it must be a must be a bad person. Mm. You know, number one. Number two, uh, I didn't fight back. And I couldn't I, defend myself. And, I, and, and, and so that makes me weak and, you know, and, and, and so I'm ashamed of that. Mm. Now, actually, when you look at it, the not fighting back is nature's coping mechanism. Uh, part of your nervous system just freezes because if you fought back, what would happen? Just depends what age you are. And no, but uh, but as a young child, if you fight fight back on uh, against the sexual abuser, all oh, right, what would happen to you? Who knows? I mean, yeah. could have been even worse. And 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 were you in a position to run? No, no, no I was okay. trapped in a bathroom. So. Yeah. The part of your nervous system that would have you fight or run away gets inactivated. Mm, it's and protecting yourself. You're protecting yourself. And the part of the nervous system that freezes you, you just be still and you get through this. Wait till it passes. Yeah, that takes over. So it's actually what you're ashamed about is actually the brilliance of your nervous system that protected you. But you're beating yourself up in retrospect saying, I, I should have ran, yeah. I should have fought yeah. back, I should have done exactly. this. That's the first point. Man. The second point is, um, if I can ask you, how old were you when this happened to you? Five. And how long did it go on for? It's probably 10, 15 minutes, yeah. No, but it was only one time? One time, Okay. Yeah. Who did you speak to about it? No one. Okay, no. You don't have kids yet. No. But if you did have a child five years old, and this happened to, who would you want them to speak to? Me. Yeah. Now, if you found out that this happened to your child and your child never told you, how would you explain that? How would I explain it to... How would you explain to yourself why my child is not talking to me about this terrible thing that happened? Mm. I would explain it by saying it's something I'm not doing. I'm not creating a safe environment to allow this child to speak up. And that was your primary trauma. Yeah. So the sexual abuse is a secondary trauma. As a matter of fact, the abuser, like you were bullied in school, you said, mm -hmm. and the bullies can always sense the vulnerability. The, the bullies have like a the laser. The weakness in you. They have a laser like. 
Because Here's an insecure, weak person. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, is speaks to their own trauma. Right. But 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 they have laser like the like the physicians who abuse their 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 patients, the spiritual leaders who do that to their followers. They see a weakness. They they laser like they sense it. And that's who they pick on. And the bullies do the same thing. Now that weakness, as we call it, comes from not having the solid support and protection and confidence and security in your family of origin. Mm-hmm. So that's the primary trauma. Right. That's, that's, what, that's the first thing that happened. Yeah, I mean, so, that's the case for sure. So to answer your question, then, if somebody comes to me with those issues, um, well, first of all, if somebody realizes those things, I'd say, don't try to do this on your own. It's so hard. Talk to somebody. It's so hard. Yeah. Well, look, um, people with addictions, at least they have the 12-step groups. Mm-hmm. where they can actually talk about it and people ideally will not judge them. Wow. You know? It's a safe space to... It's a safe space. Yeah. Or you might have friends. Or you might reach out to a professional. Or you might have an intimate partner that relationship is close enough where you can actually share this. You know, But you have to um, bring it out of you. By the way, um, um, that just reminds me, uh, this is one of the ancient Gospels written on the same time as the other Gospels, is the Gospel of Thomas, in which Jesus says that what you shall bring out of you will save you. Ooh. And what you don't bring out of yourself will doom you. He says something like that. Right, right. He's a supreme psychologist. Wow. And so you got to bring it out. Yeah, what you suppress becomes more depressed, right? It's like... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's got to start with that somewhere. You've got to bring it out. And if, and if someone has a... What if they say, well, it wasn't that big of a deal. This thing that happened back in the day, I was a kid and it only yeah. happened a few times, whether it's sexual abuse or okay, someone screaming at you or you were neglected or put in the corner, you know. I, I, I hear that all the time. It wasn't that big of a deal. I hear you that know? all the time. Yeah, we're, okay, I, yeah. I shouldn't be that concerned about yeah, it. Yeah. It was five, who cares, you know, it was like, yeah. okay. what do we? Okay, then that's a very simple way to answer that. If you're hiring for your company, the beginning of a new year might mean you're stressed trying to find quality candidates to help you achieve your 2023 business goals. Not to mention you also often have to adjust to candidates' work preferences. Let ZipRecruiter help you achieve your hiring goals. You can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter has a powerful matching technology that it can use to help find the right candidates for your job. With ZipRecruiter, you can even send a personal invite to candidates who seem perfect for your job, so they're more likely to apply. Plus, the work environment may look different these days. So ZipRecruiter offers attention-grabbing labels like remote and training provided and more that speak to job flexibility. And I'm currently working on growing my team. And to me, hiring is one of the most important steps in setting your business up for success. I don't take it lightly. So I am so excited to have ZipRecruiter's help with finding my future hires. Let ZipRecruiter help you find the best people for all your roles. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter, they get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-A-T-N-E-S-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So why are we so messed up right now? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. If a five-year-old kid came to you and you were the uncle, Uncle Lewis, mm -hmm. this guy did such and such to me, and, and I'm really scared and hurt, mm -hmm. would you say to them, oh, no big deal? No. Think of all the other kids that worse things have happened to. Right. Would you say that? Why wouldn't you say that? Because I'd want to be there for my nephew and make sure he felt supported and seen and loved. And what would be the impact if, if you did say that? I feel like it'd probably affect him for a long time. If yeah. that was a pattern of yeah. Yeah. that was the response that he got. But you see, that's what you're saying to yourself. Right. When you say that it's no big deal, you're saying to the five-year-old that was hurt, it doesn't matter. Yeah. In other words, there's no self-compassion there. Right. What, is, you know, like what you would never say to anybody else, you're saying to yourself. And one of the impacts of trauma is lack of self-compassion. Um, and again, I, if I may mention my book, yeah. The Myth of Normal, I talk about that, about how this idea of self-compassion. And it, I see it all the time. And so when somebody says to me, oh, no big deal, you know, I say, okay, take any other child in your position 
plug them into that situation and tell them it's no big deal. And of course, I wouldn't. But people do. They do say these things to their kids or to their or right, their nephews or nieces. They're mm-hmm. saying like, ah, you'll be all right, you know. But, and I think it's because yeah. they don't have the emotional courage to to handle the, the wide range of emotions because they probably suppress the emotions themselves. I mean, that's the whole point. Right. Is, is that they're, they're not... They're not comfortable with the child's pain. Someone they're not, crying, they're like, I can't handle it. Right? They can't handle it, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, my daddy used to be like, stop crying, you know, just yeah. stop. You know, so there was yeah. no like hugging and like, he had a lot of a love and affection in other ways, but yeah. he couldn't handle the crying and the, the screaming. Yeah, the emotions. Well, one of the, in the book, I talk about the essential needs of children. And one of them is that they're given their freedom to feel all their emotions, particularly sadness and grief and pain. Also joy and everything else. Is it a symptom of trauma or unresolved healing that causes this disorder? And if we heal the trauma, will we be able to eliminate these symptoms or these disorders? I think we'll be able to get rid of a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of it. Some of it, as I mentioned, because there is that genetic loading, mm-hmm. and we got to think of the genetics that we talked about already, yes. right? Like, we're talking about lineages of genetic loadings. So, you know, if we start doing the work now, maybe we'll see a lot less of these disorders happening within our families and our communities. So there is a lot that we can do to actually rectify the, the abundance of mental illness that's out there, right? Yeah. Um, I believe that there is a lot of the mental illness that exists in the world that has an undercurrent of trauma, and we just haven't talked about that undercurrent or that possibility as much. But I don't know if we'll be able to absolve ourselves of 100% of the mental illness in the world, but I think that we can do a really good job in this generation to break cycles. Could an individual eliminate these mental health issues on an individual level if they're willing to do the deep healing work. Because essentially, because I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, are these, these are like symptoms of trauma. You didn't grow up depressed. Certain things happened, an event happened, an environment continued mm-hmm. to foster the feelings of depression, yeah. the state of depression. Mm-hmm. And if we can heal the memory, the trauma, the event, and, and reconnect to our purest self, mm-hmm. our whole human self, wouldn't those things start to go away? That's precisely the goal. So, you know, where we started off with psychology and psychiatry is we started off with symptom management. A lot of psychiatry, you know, we're still kind of there a little bit. Which is like, here's the drug to manage the symptoms. Band-Aid. But that's not healing. Yeah. That's not resolving. That's just managing it. Precisely. But that doesn't doesn't do anything to bring back to wholeness. Yes, and integrate the person. Integrating the healing, right? Exactly, and that's the goal. That's the goal for me, that's the goal in my practice. I want full integration of that person. I want them to see, really see their authentic self. Some people have, have never even had an opportunity to see like who they could be at their true core self because it's been masked by so much of the trauma and the symptomatology that's associated with the trauma, like the depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. and all those things. Yeah. So you believe that people can heal these mental health challenges as well if they integrate fully? Many of them, especially the ones that, you know, because I think we have like bipolar disorder and we have, you know, schizophrenia that have a 
a different mechanism yes. to them, but many of them absolutely. But many of the ones that a lot of people are facing, depression, AD, the big ones, ADD, ADHD, depression you know. especially, yeah. Right. How important is finding a meaningful purpose in life support you in overcoming feeling depressed or depression? It's like so critical. It's really? one, yeah, 100%. I mean, wow. like when we're talking about what happens after trauma, meaning making is at the center. It's like one of the biggest things because mm. you, have, you have to see your life having some sort of value and that there's meaning associated with your life and with everything that's within your life in order to actually like even feel motivated to do the the heavy lifting that is the healing work to get yourself to the other side mm -hmm. so you have to have meaning in that journey meaning making it's alchemized in that journey it's created in that journey right but i, I think at the very least you have to have hope that meaning can meaning making can be possible mm -hmm. Because what it sounds like to me is a lot of people attach meaning in a more negative, harmful state to events, to words, to actions that happen around them. Mm -hmm. And therefore that meaning causes more depression, ADHD, or you know, yeah. negative thoughts, all these different things that hurt us. Yeah. But if we created a different meaning around the event or the words or the, event, uh, the breakup or the loss of career, created a new meaning around it and had a different intention, a different purpose moving forward, we wouldn't have those mental challenges as much. Yeah, I mean, I think people, you know, just haven't been trained to ask themselves the right questions around meaning making, right? And so... What's the right questions? Well, the right questions are, you know, well... Someone, like someone experiences a traumatic event or big T or little t, mm -hmm. what questions should we ask? Yeah, we should be asking, you know, um, so questions around, well... Let's talk about what was learned in that circumstance. That's a really hard question to ask because mm. sometimes people will be like, you really, you think that that needed to happen? No, it didn't need to happen. It did happen. It happened. You can't change it. You can't. That's, that's in your history now. Oh, no. But what can we take from that experience? And it doesn't even need to be the traumatic event itself, but your response, your reaction. What can we take from that to learn how to now create a healing protocol for you? And it's, it's about, you know, being able to ask questions that get people thinking outside of the box. Because what happens when you're in a state of trauma is that you're, you're frozen in many ways. Your thoughts are frozen. You, you start thinking a lot of the same things, right? Like it's a, a lot of protective functions. Your, your feelings are frozen in time. Like people like constantly feel worry, anxiety, like a lot of things that are, you know, just them being in a protective state. Mm -hmm. And so if we can start asking questions to free some of that up. That's, that's going to be like really key. But I, I like that question, even though, you know, I, I think it can veer us in different directions, but I'm open to that whenever it comes to work with a client, right? Because wherever we go, I'm with them. I'm going with you and we're following that path. If someone stays committed to their story of, of meaning that it, it was this horrible event and it ruined my life, mm -hmm. the divorce, the job loss, the injury, whatever it might be, what happens if they hold on to the meaning in a negative way as opposed to that was a traumatic event. I don't wish it upon anyone, but here's what I learned from it. Here's what I gained from it. Here's what I'm going to do with it in a positive way. What happens to those? Well, the way that I interpret that is that that person is, one, still in a state of fear. Mm. They're not ready 
to, to really get curious about what other definitions meaning can have in their life. They're just really stuck on the one definition, mm -hmm. that it tarnished their lives, that they, you know, it got in the way, and they're just stuck there, right? And so if that's the case, then my role as a clinician or their role as a person that wants to get out of it, hopefully, is, is to work on the fear. You got to work on where is fear trapped? How is the nervous system operating around fear, right? Like, where can we free them up in a bodily sense? Because the nervous system requires a lot of that body-based yeah. work. And so we have to, like, really get curious about that and, like, go in that direction versus, mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 the questions are very mind-focused, right? But we need the body-based practices in order to create safety in the body. Mm -hmm. To so release it, also, right? To release the fear, the pain, the trauma, and reconnect to the safety of your body. Is that right? Exactly. And so that when a person can feel that there is safety in their body, they can feel that they can actually um, go into the depths of their minds in a way that doesn't feel scary and existential. Right. Speaking of fear, I saw somewhere recently, I don't know if this is true, but I saw somewhere recently that we were, that human beings are born with three fears the fear of loud noises, mm -hmm. the fear of falling, and the fear of abandonment. Mm. I don't know if that's true, but if it is, we tend to build, uh, add more fears as time go on. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true if those are the only three or we mm -hmm. don't have fears at all, but, but it seems like we gather, we collect more fears mm -hmm. through childhood and adulthood. Why do you think we gather so many fears and collect them? Well, I think you're talking about like primary fears, right? Uh -huh. Like those feel like primary fears yeah. to me. Like they're like what you start off with. As a baby, yeah. you're going to have that startle response. As yeah. a baby, you're going to need to feel deeply connected and attuned to a caregiver. Otherwise you don't live. Yeah. Basically, right? And so like it's basically a fear of losing life or a fear of losing safety. So it makes a lot of sense. But the accumulation of it also makes sense because we operate in mental representations in mm -hmm. categories basically mm. so we have specific categories in our minds that, that are primarily created in our childhood and then everything else that happens in life we put in the different categories in the buckets of our minds and they just start accumulating and growing so if you have a big fear bucket then you're going to have a lot of fears that are going to mm. you know like come into your life and stay there because yeah. your fear bucket is just you know so enormous I was always a very grateful person, you know, not before the accident, you know, I used to crib a lot because I was too young and I was too naive. <laughs> but you know, with time, yes, with time I realized that, you know, everyone is fighting an unseen battle, Lewis, everyone. And we are so good at the art of concealing the pain that we are in, all of us, you know, the methodology changes. You know, there are certain ways that we conceal pain. Sometimes we share, sometimes we don't. But we all are going through something in life every day, you know. And I realize that if I think that I'm the one who's the most broken one, no. I have traveled around the world. I have met so many people. And they had shared their very personal stories of how broken they are. And let me tell you, none of them were in the wheelchair. Mm. So there are so many people who are walking around, who are perfectly fine, they are running their businesses, they are so broken from within. All they want is to be understood. They want someone who can understand their pain. 
you know, and I feel so blessed that when people look at me, when they see me in the wheelchair, maybe, you know, they just think that because she is in pain, we can talk to her because she can understand what we are going through. Mm -hmm. Why do you think so many people are broken in the world um, who maybe aren't in a wheelchair, who have able-bodied, let's say, don't have a disformed body or something, but they're broken. Where do you think that brokenness is coming from for so many people? Too many expectations from people. Too many expectations. You know, we want to get into a relationship because we want happiness. Mm -hmm. We want to feel complete, right? Soulmates. No, you are your own soulmate, period. You know, if you are not in a good relationship with yourself, you will be miserable, even if you are in a relationship with someone. That's why people are broken. My happiness cannot be taken by someone because my happiness does not come from someone. Mm -hmm. Nobody is giving me my joy. I am the reason of my own joy. If we manage to understand this tiny little truth about life, we will heal. And time doesn't heal you, you heal you. You need to sit down with yourself and think, do you love yourself enough? You know, and if you love yourself enough and you believe in self-love, no external force will ever be able to break you. Mm. How do we learn to love ourselves if we have been telling ourselves for so long, I'm not lovable or... I had this accident or, you know, I went through a breakup in a relationship and they left me or they abandoned me or whatever it might be. How do we, how do we not let outside factors dictate our feelings about ourselves, and, and not let the fear of abandonment of people or people's love hold us back from loving ourselves? Yes, the fear of abandonment. We all have that. And we need to overcome this fear. You know, when, I always say, when wrong people leave, right things start to happen. Mm -hmm. And we all are living a life story. You have your own story, I have my story. My brothers have their story, my mother has her own story. And when you find yourself in the wrong story, just leave. If someone is not adding value to your life story, or if you are not adding value to someone's life story, leave. Sometimes it takes letting go to realize we're holding on to nothing. We are too busy clinging on to those relationships mm -hmm. which are not meant to be in our journey, you know? And that's why I say that these people are so toxic. With, with time, they become so toxic for you that, you know what? Your presence in their life is their only definition. Mm -hmm. And they will never want you to leave because... They're so weak, they want to stay in your shadow. So you need to pick and choose. This person is toxic, leave. Liberate yourself by setting all these extra people free who do not belong to your journey. You know, and these people will always weigh you down. And if there's something is weighing you down, how will you fly high? Mm. You know, and fear of abandonment, if you can manage to overcome this fear again, when you are on your own completely, that is where you will understand that solitude is very powerful. So powerful. It's very powerful. Yeah. You know, because even in that silence, 
you're having a conversation. I mean, there is no energy vampire around me. I'm on my own and I'm manifesting the best things for myself. I would never trade my solitude to anything because when I am alone on my own, I am the best version of myself. Really? Because I'm kind to myself. Yes. You're kind to yourself. Yes. How much time did you spend alone after the accident? <laughs> uh, so I have this, this really cool um, habit. I switch off. So even when I'm you know, surrounded by a lot of people, I'm actually not there most of the times. Really? Yes, I'm just thinking. You know what? Recently, I was thinking about something that when I was talking about that how, you know, this beautiful balance of strength and vulnerability makes us who we are. I was thinking about it the other day that I've experienced this balance on daily basis. You know, when I see my social media, you know, when I read emails and people sending beautiful messages that, you know, how your words have empowered us and, you know, because of you, we're not never going to give up. It gives me so much strength, you know, and I say to myself, oh my God, I'm so strong. And then at the nighttime, when I'm thirsty, I'm unable to get up and get a glass of water for myself. Mm. Right? That's my reality. And how vulnerable I am at that. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. Moment. So this strength and this vulnerability makes us who we are. So I need to have my own moment with myself where I am willing to understand myself better. That if I am vulnerable, that's okay. I'm strong too. And the perfect balance of these two things make me who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm I'm so fascinated by your story, and every time I see your content, it makes me smile. Every time I t- see you post a video or a photo, I'm always just rooting for you. I'm so excited for you and your life and the impact you make. And you are so much more talented than just an artist. Yeah, at first you wanted to be an artist, and then you thought you couldn't be. You were like, these don't look good, but now you're you know selling your art, your arts and galleries. It's really inspiring. But you're also a massive activist. You're, you know, a TV anchor, model. You did modeling. You sing, and you're a speaker, and you you motivate millions of people around the world. Um, you could have not done any of it. You could have said, "I just want to be an artist and just go after that one thing," but you decided to go for more. What? What, when and why did you say, I want to start sharing this story and start putting this message out there in a bigger way and revealing these things about yourself that maybe you were scared to do? You know, uh, I remember when I gave my very first talk, that was TEDx. And it actually happened when I decided and I manifested that I'm going to overcome the fear of facing people. That's so ironic that a public speaker was once scared of facing people. <laughs> I was for sure, yeah. I know. So what happened was, so I gave my very first TED Talk. And after my TED Talk, a girl from the audience, she came to me and she, she was crying and she said, can I give you a hug? And I said, sure. So she gave me a hug and she said, um, your 10-minute TED Talk has solved 10 problems of my life. And she said, today you made me realize that those 10 problems never existed. They were just in my head. And I was overthinking. And because of you, I'm never going to give up. Mm. You know... In that moment, in the flashback, I could hear my mother saying, one day God will show you how did he choose you out of so many for this test. And that was the moment of realization that, you know what, if my words can change someone's perspective, maybe this is my true calling in life. You know, and as they say that in the end, what matters is how many lives you have touched. So art is my comfort zone, Lewis. You know, Mm -hmm. I can sit in the corner of my room in a cozy environment, have a cup of coffee and paint and sell the work, make both ends meet, pay the bills, raise my son and live. But I mean, is that enough? It's not enough because comfort zone is a good place to be, but nothing ever grows there. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to grow as a person, if you really want to learn and unlearn, we need to tap on all the abilities that we have. We are so blessed with immense potential, which remains untapped because we are too busy doing nine to five. We are too busy paying bills. And we live the same routine for so many years and then we end up calling it life. It's not life. It's not. Mm-hmm. You know, I realized later that, you know, I was labeled as the first wheelchair bound model first wheelchair-bound singer, the first wheelchair-bound anchor, first wheelchair-bound, you know, and it was so much rubbed in my face that I said, you know what, I might be the first one to do all this, but I wouldn't be the last. Mm. I had to pave path for so many people who are supremely talented, who are differently able, who are supremely talented, but maybe, maybe they were just a bit scared to take the first step. I took the first step. I broke those barriers. At least I tried. You know, and, and I, now I see a lot of young boys and girls doing amazing work. Why? Because now it's normal. It's normal for a wheelchair user to smile. Mm-hmm. It's normal for a wheelchair user, may it be a boy or a girl, to look good, to wear lipstick, 
to look nice, you know, to face the world. It's normal now. And even right now, when being an anchor person, you know, I'm working for the national TV of Pakistan. And when I'm doing my show, I'm always thinking about that little boy or girl, you know, sitting in a far-flung village watching my show. And I think about them that, you know, they might be thinking that if a girl or a woman in a wheelchair can do this, we can do that too. I hope today's episode inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a rundown of today's show with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me as well as ad-free listening experience, make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel on Apple Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend over on social media or text a friend. Leave us a review over on Apple Podcast and let me know what you learned over on our social media channel at Lewis House. I really love hearing the feedback from you and it helps us continue to make the show better. And if you want more inspiration from our world-class guests and content to learn how to improve the quality of your life, then make sure to sign up for the Greatness Newsletter and get it delivered right to your inbox over at greatness.com newsletter. And if no one has told you today, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and not a yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.